Beards for Radio. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Beards for Radio. As always, I'm Sasha. And I'm Joe. And happy Christmas season since Halloween is now behind us. Uh, I've heard Christmas carols on the radio today. <laughs> hey, I, I don't mind it, man. Like, I love I love Halloween, but I feel like it's, you know, the day after it's November, you, you're getting into the Thanksgiving Christmas mode. That's right. You no, know, absolutely. And. You know, speaking of Thanksgiving, I'm not going to give any thanks to Lions for giving up nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, trade deadline passed Tuesday at four o'clock, I believe. I was really wanting them to make a move for, you know, an elite back, a, a good running back. I was really looking them to move Darius Slay because I just think with the whole, you know, Quadre Diggs thing and um, him coming to speak out and then kind of recanting what he said because, you know, his agent or you know wrote something down told him to say this so it doesn't look that bad and doesn't cause a commotion in the locker room but i think the damage is done yeah. at that point um i wasn't i'm not a big fan of i wasn't a big fan of slay to begin with i'm not a big fan of the shorter uh secondary i think that's always plagued the lions along with you know middle linebackers i think we have a good bit of linebackers since chris spielman but our, our our secondary has always been wretched has always been horrible it's always been smaller than the wide receivers we've always gotten burned i mean we've given up what close to 500 yards every single game this year um we're, we're last with uh uh we're, we're damn near dead last in defense um slays one of the top uh, three cornerbacks paid in the, in the league, and we have gotten nothing out of what they've been paying him. You got what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I, f- I feel like it's been a couple of years since Slay was really a lockdown or like top notch corner, and I think some some win team now is probably some win now teams probably would have been willing to give up a decent amount for Slay, probably like a third round pick or something, and I. I don't think he's going to re-sign in the in Detroit after next season and he might even demand a trade like based on how the rest of the season goes and like the off season goes so yeah I wish they would have tried to move Slay and allegedly they tried to get Devontae Freeman from the Falcons I don't really know how much I buy that I would Yeah I'm with to, you I would have loved for them to get uh Le'Veon Bell in Detroit cuz he's under contract for a few years and I really don't think Carrion Johnson is Mr. Dependable because, you know, two out of two seasons now, he's it's been cut short because of his knee issues, uh, which I feel bad for him. But, you know, availability is the best ability, and he hasn't been available for a full season yet. Right, absolutely. And then they go and get these, you know, like – almost like flex players to play the running back position. You know what I'm saying? It's like these guys right. are at, at most pretty good slot receivers at most, you know, return men for punt kick returns. They're not, they're not your like, you know, going to be uh, your th- every down back, you know what I'm saying? Or, or carry at least two thirds of the load. It's not going to happen, you know, and carry on. It just sucks because like he, I feel like he could be that guy if he stayed healthy. And he's obviously, you're right, he's plagued with injuries. And, you know, that's not going to help us out. And I think our – and I think running back position – and, like, this is the big reason why I, I think dudes that play running back and hold out are stupid because look at Le'Veon Bell. He, he held out with the Jets 
they're not doing shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Connor stepped up. The uh, Connor, the the second running back over there. What's his last name? I think it's uh, Samuel. Is that it? Is that Jalen Samuel? Yeah. I mean, like, look how good they're doing together. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. it's almost like. You know, the same thing with Melvin Gordon. Like, Melvin Gordon, you held out, dude, and Austin Eckler just showed how much better he is or they can do it without you. You know what I'm saying? Like, running backs, I feel like they're going to – every single year there's going to be good running backs because they get dinged up, they get banged up, and there's always a younger cat that's going to come up and do just as good as the next guy. I mean, it's been happening every single year. We see these young running backs run up. So I think it's dumb for running backs to hold out. And um, I, I think we'll be able to get one. You know what I'm saying? But, like – where are they looking? They're looking at like the Jay Ajaye pool, and this dude hasn't played in you know damn near a year. So it's and, like, and he's know. got knee issues himself. I love Jay Ajayi, but he's he's not a reliable running back for a full season either. Right, you know what I'm saying. So it's like where they dip their they they, they dip their toes in like these free agent pools that like these guys are not signed to a team this year going into week eight, nine for a reason. Either they're hurt or they're just cancerous assholes or 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 it's something. You know what I'm saying? It's just they're not just hanging around because, you know, oh there's no job openings. There's a lot of job openings for the running back position. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it it's really apprehensive when I hear that they're they're trying to they're they're working out uh JHI. And I'm with you. I don't think that they went after Devontae Freeman. I think it was if they did, they got on the phone and said, "Yeah, um, we'll give you like a seventh round or sixth round draft." Yeah, because you know, what I'm, saying? I'm pretty sure Atlanta's willing to play ball with uh, whatever pieces they have that aren't named Julio Jones. Exactly. I mean, look at the, the, the you know, and Sanu was gone when yeah. Sanu had a good year with them, and you know, uh, Calvary is doing good, and now you know they have the, the other back besides Freeman. I can't think of his name. Coleman is it Coleman. Yeah, Coleman's in uh, San Fran now. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's in San Francisco. And they, they're, they're doing great. They're right. freaking doing great. It's like a three running back squad over there. Brita, so yeah. It's, it's another season where the Lions don't really pick a direction to go. They don't know if they want to go for it. Like, you know, they don't want to go for the win now. And they also can't commit to a rebuild. They're just stuck in the middle. And kind of like last year, like they traded – Tate for what was it a third round pick which I thought was a good move and kind of signified a little bit of a rebuild but then they got snacks from the Giants which again was a great move but that was more of like a win now type of move and it seems like they can't really figure out what direction they're trying to plant and go in like right you know I'm a Dolphins fan and as much as I hate the Dolphins I'm okay with them tanking right now and you know trading assets and just stockpiling draft picks and the fact that they're gonna have so much cap space in the next couple of years I'm a huge fan of that I I love what the Dolphins are doing because I'm so sick of the Dolphins winning between six and nine games every year and never like accomplishing anything so the Dolphins I know where their direction is headed and I'm all for it if they do it the right way, which so far so good. You know, just, you just got to see who they draft. But, yeah, the Lions, I, I don't know. Uh, this game at the Raiders on Sunday is going to be a pretty pivotal game. The Raiders are at home for the first time in uh, almost two months, which is ridiculous. Um, 
there there are some strength on strength matchups there, but you know the Lions. I know it's it's trending towards being a passing league in the NFL, but the Lions just have no threat of a run game, and you just can't win like that. Right, because then they're, everyone's just got a game game plan for uh, you know Stafford, and Stafford's been good this year. Don't get me yeah. wrong, you know there, there, there's been there's been some mental errors like. You know, his obviously his interceptions or his when he should have went down and he's trying to run over his you know, against Kansas City. Yeah. Right, right. Like stuff like that. Like, yeah, I, I know you're gonna make mental errors, but for the most part he's been solid. I can get to him. But you know you're right, without a running game, you can't open up the field, man. You're not gonna be able to do it. Because Stafford's not the Stafford's not a Kyler Murray or a or a uh a Pat Mahomes or even a Russell, you know, he's not going to do it with his feet. So people are going to be like, okay, that's, that can be in his repertoire as well. It's not, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So he's got to rely on that run game and the run game is not there. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's, 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 it's pretty bad, man. And, and I think they should have gone after somebody. Le'Veon Bell would have been, been, been nice. I'm sure they could have gotten like a, a second round draft pick out of him. I wish they would have moved, uh, 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 Slay, because that would have freed up some room. We freed up some uh, cap space with him, freed up some cap space with Quadre Diggs, and then the caps goes up $10 million next year. So you can have a lot of money to deal around with, move around with. So it's not like they would have, you know, uh, you know, shot themselves in the foot and, you know, you know, put themselves between a rock and a hard place because they can easily get out. There's, it, it, it yeah. flexes out next year. So, like, you're right. When it comes to Miami, at least you know the direction. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know which way the lines are headed. You know, and then and for the track record and us being living in Detroit for so long, we just got to say, hey, they're they're not moving forward. They're definitely moving back. Yeah. And, you know, they're 3-3-1 three, three and one at this point in the season. They've basically beaten the three shit teams on their schedule. The Chargers, I think, are proving to be shit. Right. The Eagles are not good. And then the Giants are, you know, a joke. Right, and, and we barely beat them. Yeah, and they've they've uh, lost to all the good teams on the schedule. You know, the Chiefs, Packers, Vikings, and you know you can complain about controversy and calls or whatever. You lost those games, and then you tied the decent team on your schedule. So, yeah, this is a this is about as mediocre a team as you can have at this point in the season. Yeah, and you know, I just I'm really. I'm hope I'm hoping that, and it's like there's no like proof of you know there's no proof to have me point to the to the way that they're trying to build a new culture here. You know what I'm saying because if they were, you know, Slay would have been gone. You know, he would have right. been gone, and and we would, we would have looked to bring younger guys up. But you know they didn't. They kept Slay here even after he came out and said whatever he said, and then recanted and said is Day. I could even understand what the hell he was saying. So, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just the same old lines, man. We're just stuck in the NFL right. purgatory, you know. So it's just, I it's don't... like, it's just make up your damn mind, you know. Like, it's the same thing with the NCAA dragging its feet on the Joey Hauser eligibility thing. It's like, dude, the first basketball game is four Today. days. Is yeah, well, for Michigan State, the first basketball game is four days away. Like, right, just tell right. us if Joey Hauser can play or not. Like. Quit dragging your feet on this, you know. Yeah, I know. I'm with you, man. It just is. I, I just you, I don't know where they're headed. But then again, it's nothing new. It, it, it like I, I'd be pissed off if I was like 
uh, I lived in New England. And, and I've seen New England, uh, you know, dominate for better part of two decades. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then, and and then all of a sudden moves. next year. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, all these people are making moves. We're not making moves. I mean, yeah. with the Lions, I've been s- stuck in the same SOL that I'm just like, I knew that they weren't going to go out and make a move. I knew they were going to do it. It doesn't sit well with me, but it's like I'm not going to lose sleep over it, man, because, I don't, like I said, I, I, I'll watch the Lions. I'll talk about them, but I'm not, I don't got, buy merch, and I don't, like, totally invest my whole day into watching yeah. them. Like, well, like, I'll take my, like, I'll take my kids out to the uh, uh, Apple Orchard, and I'll check the game once in a while because, you know, I have my Comcast app. Right. Other than that, man. But, look, it's yeah. like – the Cardinals were in basically the same situation as the Lions. You know, obviously they tied week one, except the Cardinals were trending up. And they, they beat three shitty teams in the Bengals, Falcons, and Giants. But they're trending up, and they were coming off a tough loss uh, in New Orleans. And they went out and they traded for Kenyon Drake when both of their running backs were hurt. And Kenyon Drake had a great game. Uh, uh, what were his stats? He had, like... Over, he had over 100 yards rushing, and then he had also a 30-yard – I think he had a 30-yard scamper for a score. But, yeah, yeah he had a, yeah, great, he had a co- great game, dude. Right. And then you look at the teams at the top, the Niners and the Patriots are still undefeated. Niners went out and traded for Emmanuel Sanders. Patriots got uh, Mohamed Sanu from Atlanta. It's like, you know, either be the haves or the have-nots. Like, the Packers, they didn't really need to make a trade because I think they're pretty solid at a lot of – uh, areas or like the Chiefs, I would have liked for them to trade for a running back, but at least they have somebody in LaShawn McCoy. Like the teams at the top, for the most part, made some type of move, and then the teams at the bottom were trading away assets, like the Broncos and the Dolphins and uh, the Falcons. And then, and then in the middle, you have the teams like the Lions, and it's just again, it's we we can't say that five years from now the Lions aren't going to be in the same exact position, you know? Right, yeah, because you know you, 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 you they're sitting there, they're staring at the fork, and they're not right. they're not making their move. At least make the move. Five, you know, that's all. That's it's all we care about, right? Five years ago, were they not in the same exact position? Pretty much, man. Nothing's much. changed since Patricia's been here, and I'm I'm almost saying we were we were in better hands in Caldwell. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, so Caldwell did not know how to manage game day situations but you know he coached teams up during the week I don't know what he was doing during the week but it worked and then you have Patricia come in and thinks he's the smartest guy in the room I was I was talking to somebody today like I always thought it was difficult to be a rocket scientist it must not be that difficult if Matt Patricia of all people is allegedly a rocket scientist Right, either that or like rocket science does not apply to anything football Right, you know what I'm saying so like but 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 also too, like you were saying, like these these teams at the top, they make these moves. So like Seattle went out and got Josh Gordon, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and that guy's been having a very troubled past three, four they didn't seasons. They need to give give up anything to get him. They just sign Nothing. him off waivers. Absolutely. And like speaking of uh, Kyler Murray last night, you know they played against San Francisco. San Francisco's eight. No, their defense is nothing to scoff at. He played a pretty damn good game. He yeah. almost brought him back in that second half. And we're talking about a rookie who has, who's halfway through his NFL first season. And he's, you know, giving people like the 49ers a little bit of a problem. So it's like, yeah, you right. know what direction they're heading. I don't know what direction the Lions are heading. None. It's been like that. I, You know, we're just dumbfounded. When it comes to Lions fans, everyone's just dumbfounded because they make these moves and you think everything's going to go right. And they're just like, 
take 10 steps back every time they make a two-step move. Yeah, and I just don't see a direct path for the Lions to get into the playoffs. I think it would take some teams ahead of them choking. Like, let me find the uh, standings real quick. But, you know, in the NFC, uh, in the NFC North alone, like, I think the Lions might have the Bears beat because the Bears have a real bad quarterback. But, look, you got the Niners at 8-0. and They're in a good position to uh, – win their division and possibly have home field advantage. And even in that division, they have the Seahawks right behind them at six and two saints are seven and one. They're in good position to win their division. Packers are seven and one right behind them is the Vikings at six and two right now. The lions, if we're just going off of win loss record, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, they're in 10th place in the NFC. It's not enough to get into right. the playoffs. Only, only six teams make it in per conference. And right. Four, four of them, like, I can pretty much guarantee the Niners are going to make it. I can pretty much guarantee one, at least one of the Packers or Vikings is going to make it, you know? So basically, the Lions are, are battling for the last spot with the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Cowboys. And the, if you want to throw the Panthers in there as well, you can do that. Um, I mean, the Rams went out and got Jalen Ramsey and then traded away a keep to leave. So, you know, the Rams are making moves, but right, I, I just don't see where the Lions go up from here because they didn't get better. And no, they stayed the same. You know, it, 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 in the in the in the in the land of the a trade deadlines, there are buyers and there are sellers, and then there's the Lions who are just like, I'm just gonna window shop. Yeah. And it's going to see, and that looks nice, but I just don't feel like spending money on it, you know, and it's just, it's, it's heart wrenching after a while. It really is. And it's not just the run game on offense. It's the run defense too. Their defense is not good. And their coach is supposedly a defensive genius. And we spent, we spent all this money on defensive linemen, snacks, Daniels. uh, We got Deshaun handback. We got uh, Trey flowers. We should not be as bad as we are on the defensive line. No. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. You know, there there should be only way is up, but I just don't see them starting that progression or starting that climb to go up yet. You know, and and I think if Patricia doesn't do it this year, I think they'll probably give him another year or two, and then hasta la vista. If he doesn't, you know, fix it, I just don't see him doing it. No, so. I'd be I'd be surprised. But you know, that's that's where we stand on the Lions. And uh, if you're ready to move on, we can get to our next subject, which. Uh, was a bit surprising to me, but I, I thought it was a long time coming. Um, Michigan State has a big home basketball game December 3rd against the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, for once, Mike Krzyzewski is going to be looking to get revenge on Izzo. He might have the less talented team. For once, he has to be on the road. Uh, I'm very excited for that. Tickets were already like $300 for the cheapest tickets. You know what I'm saying? Like This game was hyped. And Michigan State announced uh, this week Draymond Green is going to have his number 23 retired uh, at that game, which I think he deserves just based off his career at Michigan State alone. You don't even need to take into account his NBA championships. I thought maybe it would have taken a little bit longer, but I'm just going to like break down what Draymond Green's teams did 
at Michigan State. You know, he went to two Final Fours. They won three Big Ten regular season championships, uh, earned a one seed in the 2012 NCAA tournament, won the 2012 Big Ten tournament. And him, let me find his uh, stats. I know he left Michigan State as the top rebounder in school history, which is saying something uh, at a school like Michigan State that has always prided itself on rebounds. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. He's the 2012 Big Ten Player of the Year, 2010 Big Ten Sixth Man of the Year, uh, one of three players in NCAA tournament history to have multiple triple doubles in the NCAA tournament. The other two were Oscar Robertson and Magic Johnson. And um, five, Michigan State. Yeah, I believe he had over 1,500 points and over 1,000 rebounds, which very few college players have done. So I think based on that, the Jersey retirement was warranted. But what's your take on him? All right. Now, the, he, doesn't, he hasn't won any championships for Michigan State, correct? No, he did play in is, a championship game. Is Mateen Cleaves jersey in the rafters? Yeah. Is Mo Peterson's jersey in the rafters? Yeah, Mo Peterson was the last player to get his jersey retired in the 2009 season. Is Magic Johnson's jersey in the rafters? Oh, you know it. Oh, you know it. Greg Kelser, all those, all those Greg guys, Kelser. right? The one, the one thing that those guys have on Draymond is a championship. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So, like, uh, are we going to come back to this argument of you know, do do goats and Hall of Famers need to win championships or? Do they do they put up better numbers than what these championship guys pull up? Are they still in that conversation? My answer is yes. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think you necessarily have to uh, win championships to be in the Hall of Fame or be the GOAT. In that case, you know, Robert Orr would be the greatest of all time, right? right? Yeah. So, like, with, with Draymond, I think Draymond's that dude that you want on your team. You don't want to play against him. He's that uh, – he's that uh, – that glue guy for your team. And I think they're really going to, I think we're really going to find out what Draymond's made of this year with clay and Steph being out for the foreseeable future. Um, with that said though, and all those stuff that you said, if he doesn't have the NBA career or the championships and the, and the career he's had so far, do you think he's still getting his Jersey in the rafters, say say he comes in the league and has like a like a mediocre, you know, they don't yeah. win no championships. We'll say, he's just like a, a off the bench type guy. Do yeah. you think he's we'll still going he, in the rafters? Say he has like a Jeremy Lin type career where he's like on a different team. You know, he he has some nice runs, but um, I think he makes it. I don't think he makes it just yet because what he's been able to get with his NBA career is a whole lot of money. And he's donated a lot of that money back to Michigan State to upgrade the facilities and the weight room and everything. So I think it plays a part for sure. But, I mean, uh, Scott Skiles, his number is up in the rafters. I don't think he ever played in a Final Four. Um, No disrespect to Steve Smith or Sean Respert, but they're both up there. And um, none of their teams were really ever, like, quite as good as three of Draymond's four teams and so I get it like I would have loved for Draymond to bring a championship but the dude did play in two final fours which you know it's it's a special experience for college basketball players just to make it to one final four like that's difficult enough and 
I think what he did his senior season when Michigan State basketball was kind of in limbo because they were coming off a difficult 2011 season where nobody really saw that coming and they lost a lot of experience. Like Delvon Rowe uh, had to retire from basketball because of his injuries. He was going to be a senior. Obviously, like Lucas and Summers were gone. That team wasn't supposed to be any good. And he carried them and like helped people along the way become better versions of themselves to a number one seed in a Big Ten championship. And if Brandon Dawson doesn't get hurt, he may have made a, a third Final Four in his career. But, you know, that's hypotheticals. Um, right. So I, I think he would have made it. I think it would have taken a little bit longer. And you're right. You know, we'll see what he's made out of with the Warriors this year because it's his show now. It's Draymond and the – in the B team right now. So, right. It's Draymond D'Angelo. So yeah. it's like, so it's like, I, I love, I love Draymond. I love, he's that dude that you, that you want on your squad. Like I right. said, but he's, he, you do not want to play against him. Right. He, so he kind of brought a little bit of attitude to Michigan state basketball too. Like not that Michigan state basketball didn't have a certain type of way about him, but you look at now, like Izzo will go after players that kind of have that fight in them like a Xavier Tillman like um you know a Bryn Forbes you know players who are kind of overlooked but they have some kind of x factor in them right and because of the way Draymond Green turned out Izzo I think is willing to take risks on those type of players more often yeah, definitely got to agree, and I'm, I'm glad they put his jersey in the rafters because I think that uh, Draymond's a special special guy I love dudes that are uh, you know, shorter than their position because I believe in the past few years he's been listed as six seven, and uh, this year they came out with the official heights where they're not giving you little phantom NBA inches, and they said Draymond's closer to six five than anything, and that just blows my mind yeah. even more because I'm 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 almost six three. If he is two and a half inches bigger than me and doing what he's doing, God bless that man, bro. God bless him because it's hard thing to do. Hard thing to do at his size, man. It really is. And Izzo, for the most part, doesn't really coach positionless basketball. You know, like he likes his point guards to be a certain way and his shooting guards and small forward. He likes all of his positions to be a certain way. But Draymond was one of the few positionless players that Tom Izzo had in East Lansing. And Draymond Green has a lot of pride in Michigan State as well. Like, I know you've probably seen the clip of him – I don't know if it, w- it would be classified as hazing, but he's making Jordan Poole sing the Michigan State fight song to the crowd at Chase Center. Hey, it's whatever. <laughs> you know, that kind of hazing that kind of hazing's cool. The what happening at Detroit D sale the other day oh, is not cool. And no. I don't want to get into that. But no, that kind of hazing's cool. I got no problem with that. Because you know what? Maybe Jordan Poole might get the better, might get him back, you know, five right. years down the line when, when when Draymond's older, leaving the league, and Poole's like, hey, bro, you want to make a bet? And then, <laughs> you know, it happens. And it, right. it, is, and it is what it is. It's that's big in good, deal, that's you know? in good fun, you know. That's <laughs> right, Draymond. right. Like, uh, you see Draymond Green making bets with, like, Evan Turner or, like, dudes from Ohio State about how the football or basketball games will turn out. Like, the dude has a lot of pride in Michigan State. And the fact that, early in his career, like after his first championship, he donated, I believe it was upwards of $3 million to Michigan State and, you know, upgraded the weight room. It's now the Draymond Green weight room. And Miles Bridges was in there, like, his freshman year. And 
Miles was like, this is my weight room now. And he tagged Draymond Green and Draymond was having none of it. You know, like <laughs> he's, he's done a lot for Michigan State basketball, not just with the four years he played at Michigan State, but in his time after, like he's, he's been a good representative of Michigan State. Absolutely. And, and does the $3 million help him get his uh, jersey in the rafters? Oh, I, think, yeah. I think so. I think so. But I think what helped him more is his play on Michigan State's court and his NBA career so far is just, I think it just leaps and bounds over the, to him, probably petty $3 million that he gives to Michigan State. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's jump change to him. But, and you know, it's, it's helping out kids too, so. They're not sure what they're going to do with uh, Xavier Tillman, who wears number 23 right now. Like, uh, if he's going to change his number after that game or if um, – I like, I think they'll just let him do whatever he wants. But I think Tillman is a, a player very much like Draymond Green, who's made consistent progressions throughout the years and was right. not viewed as an NBA player coming in. Like, he was viewed as kind of a chubby uh, – small center or large power forward, depending on where you put him on the floor. And now he looks like a player that could play either of the forward slash center positions. And he's, he's got the body of like an Adonis. Like they post the picture, the, uh, the workout pictures, you know, and Xavier Tillman from year one to year two to year three, it's unrecognizable. It's insane. But you know, that's just me. Like, don't get me started on Michigan State basketball. I'll go for it. Right a while. when you when you have a Draymond, when you have a Draymond Green weight room, you better be putting it to use. Oh, you, you know yeah, you better be putting that work in. <laughs> you know, he didn't sure. donate that money for nothing. He wants he wants that to pay dividends back to Michigan State. So absolutely. So so at, at the end, is is he worthy of having his a rafter a name in a jersey in the rafters? I am a one hundred percent a yes. I think so too. And people forget he he did win uh, one of the National Player of the Year awards. It wasn't the Naismith because Anthony Davis won it that year, which was deservedly so. But um, yeah, I, I think Draymond deserves it. I think a few years down the line, depending on how he turns out in the pros, we might see Denzel Valentine up there. And um, see, I haven't oh, I haven't been too I haven't been too impressed with Denzel Valentine's NBA career. Right, you know me saying? neither. And Denzel Valentine never won a regular season Big Ten championship, which I think might might be the deciding factor. Um, and, you know, played in the Final Four. But my eye will be on Cassius Winston because he's already yep. got two regular season Big Ten championships, two 31 seasons under his belt where he was the starter. All-American. Um, All-American last year was runner-up to Zion pretty much. He's already got a Big Ten player of the year. Uh, yep. trophy in his case um, I think he's the next one to go up there that's why I, I, I'm with you I think he's the next one to go yeah. up there final four and um, uh, big 10 tournament champion championship and he's on pace to be the first college basketball player ever to score 2,000 points and dish out a thousand career assists in a four-year career and that's he's pretty good he should be Michigan State's uh, all-time assists leader by January. So my, my eye would be on Cassius Winston. Like, I think it's overlooked that Draymond Green is the leading rebounder in Michigan State history, which is saying a lot. Right. But, yeah, we're, we're like four days away from uh, the official tip-off, and, you know, we'll, we'll make sure to recap you guys on Michigan State, Kentucky, and Michigan App State when 
those games are concluded for sure. I believe Michigan App State is either today or tomorrow. I think it's I think tonight. Michigan had their exhibition tonight, Friday night. Yes. And then uh, yes, you're right. they're on Tuesday night, same night as Michigan State, Kentucky. So what is that, the 5th? The 5th, I believe it is. Yeah, November yep. 5th. November 5th. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get back to that. But um, to our non-sports topic, I think this is a film that's also like 20 years in the making. Um, Jurassic World 3. Um, I just posted a 10-minute short on our Facebook. It's with uh, actors that are, you know, I watched uh, the one guy, uh, he's a black dude. His name's Andre Holland. He is, plays one of the main, probably the main character in Castle Rock season one. And his wife that plays, it's in this short, is Natalie Martinez. I, she's in a, been in a bunch of stuff, but the first thing I've ever seen her in was Detroit 187. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, uh, the, the short comes out and it kind of puts you in to you know the mode of what is going on in the world now that we've seen the end of Jurassic World 2 where the aliens are the aliens <laughs> the dinosaurs are among us and they're free roaming and everything yeah. so so it, 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 it has Andre Holland and it's Natalie Martinez they're both parents and they're kind of in a trailer park and you know they're they're, they're on vacation and uh, they get interrupted by a, a dinosaur fight. So it kind of puts you in the mood of, uh, with what's going to go on in Jurassic World 3. You don't really don't know. I mean, um, the whole reason I caught up wind of this because we were talking about our Disney Plus, you know, the last episode. And one of the shows on, on there is a Jeff Goldblum show. I think it's the, like the world according to Jeff Goldblum or something <laughs> like that. And he was getting interviewed for it. And the interview honestly quickly just turned into Jurassic World 3 and how he's how um, he talks about this 10-minute, um, you know, short as I kind of got got watching it. And then he also goes on to saying that, you know, Sam Neill's coming back, Laura Dern's coming back, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and himself. So it's like, whoa. So we got, like, the newest studs and the oldest studs from Jurassic Park coming together and making a new movie. Not only that is that the, the director from uh, – one of the directors from the first one he also wrote, I think, the past few one of the past few ones. He's the one that's directing and writing in this one. So it's kind of like he's also bridging the gap because he started it. He kind of was in the uh, the newer ones, started on the first one. So it's kind of like they're bringing powerhouse actors and writers and directors back from the first one and the last few, you know, most recent ones. So I wonder how that's going to gel. But I think it's I think it's going to be something that a lot of people, you know, didn't really expect. Yeah. So I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and it's interesting um, just how the back half of that franchise has worked. You know, they went from Jurassic Park to Jurassic World, and it looks like they're going to be doing I, – I think the release date is in summer of 2021. So they got, like, a three-year period between each film, which I think is, a, like, a good point for that. But, yeah, I haven't seen the trailer yet. I actually didn't know um, – what was up until a couple minutes before we went on air. So I'm going to have to check that out. Um, but yeah, that's interesting because we only saw a little bit of Jeff Goldblum in the last one, you know, like they def they made sure to tease him in the trailer so that everybody knew he was in there. And then you didn't really like do too much from that point on. So it's going to be interesting to see how not only he plays a, a role in the new one, but also uh, the two original characters uh alan and um i forget her jurassic park name but lord yeah 
Laura Dern, yeah. So, like, I'm really excited, dude. It's like they're almost like bridging the gap with like a 20 year bridge. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I've been a fan of Jurassic Park and who hasn't been since number one. I've, I don't think I've not liked any of them. I've watched all of them and been like, kind oh, of pleasantly surprised. It's not that bad. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like they're not, they're not bad. And they're not all great. Some of them are great. They're not, but none of them are, have been like horrible, horrible, or you can't stomach watching them. I mean, it's like it's dinosaurs, you know. You can't go right. wrong with dinosaurs ripping up human beings and other dinosaurs. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's exciting. Um, I'm gonna have to get you my thoughts once I see the, uh, the trailer for that one. But that's that's an interesting way of doing it too. Not just a regular like two and a half minute trailer, but to put out. You said it was 10 minutes? It's a, it's a 10 minute short. It's called Battle at Big Rock. And like, uh, like, like I was just sitting there and, you know, they're on vacation or they, I don't know if they live in the trailer or just kind of on vacation. They're sitting around a fire. Then they go into their uh, trailer and they, just, they, they hear uh, dinosaurs. And they look out and there's like a, a mom with her baby triceratops. And then, bam, here comes this big old carnivore. And then dad, dad triceratops comes and they have a battle and, classic it's 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 a it's a good shot uh um little 10 minute short you know great cgi obviously they're using you know uh jurassic park cgi and whatever you know yeah. it's universal that does them i'm not sure though but yeah and and you know i like to see that i saw two you know actors that i like in you know in shows that i've watched that there aren't really, you know, big name actors, but they're pretty good actors. So it definitely check that out. I, 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 um, I think everyone that's fan is a fan of Jurassic Park and is definitely going to go see this new one has to kind of see this trailer. You don't really have to see it to know what's kind of going on between two and three, but it's something just to keep you, you know, you know, uh, ready for the, uh, when Jurassic Park or uh, Jurassic world three comes out. So, yeah. That make- so the month of October, I think, was pretty much the worst month for Michigan State football in the last, I don't know, 13 years, probably. Uh, not only getting outscored 117, 100 to 17 combined to Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State. Granted, three top 10 teams, but still just looking lifeless and unprepared, but uh, – on October 31st, uh, Big Ten announced that Joe Bocci was suspended indefinitely for failing a, a drug test for allegedly some substance that has some substance found in PEDs. And he said he's him and Mark D'Antonio both quickly said they were appealing, but it's just I don't know. I get wanting to be out there with your brothers, but for Joe Bocci, it's like this might be a blessing in disguise because you don't have to go out and risk your body for this god awful team anymore. Right, right, but then again, he, he's he's he has uh, aspirations and in, uh, in in extending his football career into the NFL. So right, I I think I he's mean, an NFL draft pick. I think he's solid. Like, I I thought he was probably third or fourth round before this. Like, you know, now that he's got this controversy of PEDs on his resume, like he'll probably fall maybe to like the fourth or fifth round, but. I don't know. To, to me, if I'm Joe Bocci, like, this isn't the end of the world, you know? Like, well, honestly, he, like, I've never... I, I think, oh, go ahead. I, I think it's a black... I think it's a, a black eye. Right, like, know, it's... Definitely. Yeah, it definitely is. And I, I wonder how much he's at guilt for this, because, you know, 
players we saw it with Golden Tate, we saw it with Jabril Peppers, like players will just like take things and not know that it has a certain ingredient that's found in the same substance. So I have no idea what Joe Bocci's situation is and they were very quick to appeal it. But what what was that what was that um that the baseball players were getting uh or was it the baseball players or I forget who it was and they were taking the over the counter like like the horny goat sex pills you get at the gas station. <laughs> yeah. And they, they, they have some of the stuff that they have in PEDs in that, and a lot of them got in trouble for that. And that could have been the route he took is something very innocent. But when right, you're at that what, level, man. That's what Golden man, Tate said. Like Golden Tate was using some kind of birth control or something that was uh, had uh, the same ingredient. So he, he had, that's why he got, I think it was a four-game suspension from the NFL. Right. And like, but, but these guys need to realize what they put in their bodies. The, yeah. You know, this is their career. It's like me, I can go take a horny goat pill and go home and diddle with the <laughs> wife and come back the next day the, uh, where I work will be none of the wiser, you know what I'm saying? But like these guys, they get, they get tested every other week. Right. Sometimes, sometimes it's a uh, random has to drop like four times in a row because that's random, you know, but you, they just got to be aware, you know, Joe Bashi is, is, is not in, is excluded from that. So he needs no. to they really need to watch what they do, man. They really do. This is millions of dollars on the line. This could set them up and their families up for life and beyond that. So, yeah, but I would like, I, I have to watch Michigan state football, like a, because I got two podcasts where we like to talk about them a lot. This one, right. the Paul Bunny podcast, but B just, because I, I just have a sickness where I just need – if Michigan State football is on, like, I just – I have a drawing to it, you know, like, I have to watch it. Um, the moth to the flame. But I've, I've just never been so dead to Michigan – like, to Michigan State football. When the news broke yesterday, I wasn't even, like, that mad about it. I was just – I just thought it's fitting. You know, it's fitting for the way not just the last month, but three out of the last four years have gone. And, you know, Mark D'Antonio, I, I really appreciate everything he's done at Michigan State from a football standpoint and a community standpoint. Uh, you know, he even if he didn't win three Big Ten championships and get to the Rose Bowl and the college football playoff and the Cotton Bowl, even if he just took Michigan State to be like basically what Harbaugh has Michigan right now, if he just did that, it would have been enough because Michigan State was so bad when he got there. Right. But there's something to be said for, to retiring with grace. You know, he has an opportunity this off season to let go while he's still looked at in a, a good light with Michigan state fans. Cause another season of this, basically what we, the same exact product that was on the field in 2018, it's, it's going to harm his legacy it's going to harm the way Michigan State fans view him for the rest right. of his life. And he deserves better than that. He deserves better than what he's going to get himself into, if that makes any well, sense. No, and it, but the thing is, it does. And the other thing is, it's entirely up to him. It is. Um, you know, I have no idea where his head's at. Maybe he, he t- he's taking a look at next year's roster and thinks – a couple moves here and there and he can 
get the shit back and call it quits, but he's got to know the end is very, very near. Like this, right. and it's it's extremely difficult to be a great head coach at the same place for a long time, unless you're Nick Saban at Alabama or Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. Like Urban Meyer has bounced around from Utah to Florida to Ohio State. He's never been anywhere more than six or seven years. You know. Right, and I think I think that's a new trend. I think players are doing that in all sports too. You know, you you know these guys that are 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 coaching and are playing are starting to rule the roost, man. They're starting to tell yeah. these GMs and these owners what to do because they're the product, and they're starting to realize that. So, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw uh, your buddy Urban Myers go to USC with this whole fair play thing, go to USC and all of a sudden get all these great recruits because they're getting paid now. So the whole landscape is going to change in college football once again. Right. I think Urban Meyer is going to be going to USC in the next few years. Oh yeah, most definitely. But just from a Michigan state standpoint, like, you know, it basically since Michigan state got to the playoffs, it hasn't been, a good product on the field and the way they bounced back from the three and nine season to go 10 and three, a couple years ago with a very young core of players, like you thought Michigan state was going to like build their next wave of success off of that team. And it resulted in a seven and six season in 2018 and they're four and four right now. And you know, in two weeks from Saturday, I just don't see any way they go into Ann Arbor and get a win. And I've never, I have never felt that way about Michigan State under Mark D'Antonio going into the nah. Michigan game. Right. Even but even the 2016 that... season when they were 3-9 and nine and Michigan was the number two team in the country, I could have seen that Michigan State team pulling an upset. I, I just don't see it happening right now. Right. And to be honest with you, man, um, I would sediment – I would feel your sentiments, but ah. – Michigan, man, they 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 go to losing to Penn State, to routing Notre Dame, to making sure something looks fixed, and then I hope they just stay the course. You know what I'm saying? But right, they're on a they're I on mean, an upward trajectory right now in terms right of like now in, in season, yeah. Right now, but we saw Harbaugh fizzle off. So sure. it's just like I'm, I, I I always look at track record. I have to, you know. That, also, that yeah, does like it all. Michigan's pretty much out of the Big Ten title race. They're definitely out of the playoff race. So, you know, it doesn't really say too much that now they're starting to, like, go in the right direction. Oh, but... yeah. I don't care. I don't care now. You know what I'm right. saying? I, I really don't care now. I'm saying you, but... you, you lost my interest. I'm waiting for basketball season, oh, boy. You know? For sure. I mean, yeah, no, we're on the same page there, man. For sure. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. For sure. And, um. So the NCAA, I know they're listening to this podcast. You guys need to free Joey Hauser and let him play this year because I don't know how they determine who gets to play and who doesn't, but they've been letting a lot of uh, basketball players transfer in and just play immediately. And Michigan State's one of the blue bloods, man. Treat us like it. Let us have Joey Hauser this season. We need him. That is true. That is true. You know what I'm saying? We see a lot of of transfers be eligible ready off rip. Just like don't. Don't kill this kid's 
opportunity. He has a small window. You know what I'm saying? These athletes have a small window to do what they do. Let him in. I agree with you on that. And Michigan State basketball, you know, the people inside the building might not realize it themselves, but they're one of the halves in college basketballs. Like they, Michigan State basketball is one of the standards that a lot of programs try to get to, you know, and that's why, you know, I mentioned Mark D'Antonio, how difficult it is to be a great coach at the same place for so long. Tom Izzo has been, has had Michigan State at the top level for going on 23 years now. Like, it it just continues to amaze me what Tom Izzo does at Michigan State, you know? I agree, most definitely, man. He, he he is he is a gem to our state, dude. That's he that's is. we love absolutely. him, and, and I'm excited to see how Juwan Howard plays out. Um, and it's it is cool, if, you know. If I was a Michigan fan, like it'd be, it's cool to have, you know, your your football coach is a former player, and your basketball coach is a former player from your school. Like Michigan State, Michigan, they both have like two very similar coaches on their sidelines, but. Yeah. And it's and it's cool to have foreign players there, but you know what's cooler? Winning records. That's a <laughs> lot cooler, bro. So that's cool, yeah. man. <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm, I'm glad he's at the helm, but if you tell me uh, you know, I could break this uh eight-year-old old guy into the helm that's gonna coach like Bobby Knight and they're gonna go undefeated. Well, I'm gonna take the eight-year-old uh, Bobby Knight type coach that's gonna go undefeated. But hey, <laughs> like I said, cooler, it's cool cooler in the record. I'm I'm uh, it's cool that he's a but I just wanna see him just keep on what Beeline has been putting down because Beeline did a great job as well. Can't totally forget about that guy. No, sir. No, sir. Um, but yeah, I believe that's everything we want to get to on this episode of the Beers Radio podcast. Um, yeah. Sorry, I kind of took that last segment and ran on a Michigan State contingent, but you know. No, you're good, man. That's uh, that, that, It's organic. It grew organically. It's great. Love it. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, everybody, thanks for listening to our show. Make sure to go to far-ebar.com to find some shirts, hoodies, bags. He's got so many new products on his website. Make sure to go to farbar.com. That's far-ebar.com. And, yeah, so from the Beers for Radio podcast, I'm Joe. And I'm Sasha. And we appreciate you listening, baby. And forward down the field, pass, 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 punt. <laughs> See you guys next time. Peace.